Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Great Lake Sports Podcast. Um, been a while since we've seen you guys last. Uh, Jared, good to have you back. Part two, I, can, I should say that. <laughs> it's good to be back, man. All right. So today we're going to be covering Lions. Um, we're also going to be doing a Pistons video for you. We'll have that posted here in the near future. But today it's all about the Lions. And I don't know if you saw ESPN did come out with a power ranking and they did have Lions at three. They had them ahead of a lot of AFC teams. Um, really, the only AFC team that was ahead of them was the was the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So I don't know. I think that's a little bit high for my liking. Yeah, man. I mean, it kind of shows we made an adjustment and it's working for us. We played a good game. We got moved back up in the rankings and uh, another week goes by where we're not getting talked down on. 100 percent well so rather than kind of talk about the game in particular it's been a while since we've been on the pod i wanted to give more like just the fans experience what the fan sees on tv that's kind of what this podcast is anyway and i think you spend the better part of a season trying to figure out what is your team what is the team built on and we've mentioned it a couple of times throughout the year and i don't think it's a secret but the offensive line is definitely a linchpin and more specifically i wanted to talk about frank rag now this team offensively and i will say even defensively and i'll get to why that affects defense here in a little bit but offensively this team is like the either the best team in the league or bottom tier in the league depending on how healthy we have this offensive line because yeah. when you take frank rag now out of the center position you're then messing up the rest of the line because that takes um takes Glasgow from his guard positions, puts him over at center, and then we're just shuffling everything. So the linchpin to this, obviously we know the running game relies on it. Well, Jerry Goff does too. Right. And I think that that's the biggest thing, right? If if it's not working, Jared Goff looks like a, a bottom tier QB. And when it is working, he looks like a top five QB. Before the Broncos game, I, I, I will say this was before the Broncos game, I saw a stat. I'm sure it's different now because he played a lights-out game against the Broncos. But since the bye week, excluding the Broncos game, Jared Goff, when under pressure, had a QBR of 0.6 out of 100. That is that less than 1 out of 100. Like, just wrap your head around that. Like, and then you see what he does against the Broncos. I mean, as soon, the second you get Frank Ragnow back, in which actually, before I get to that, Frank Ragnow, a lot of people didn't know he went, went under surgery. And he was out for just one week. And Dan Campbell said the guy's got a lot of grit. Can't believe he came back so fat, yet fast, yada, yada, yada. But in one week, he comes back. Jared Goff looks like a completely different quarterback. He's throwing five touchdowns, 278 yards, 24 of 34. I think our chances of winning a playoff game our playoff future and even where the direction we go with a future quarterback relies on this offensive line i mean we were talking about it yesterday i mean our whole team is built in the trenches if the trenches if we are not winning the trenches then we don't have the type of guys that can pull us out and can get us a w like you're not going to have jared goff scrambling around you're not going to have jameer gibbs having you know two touchdown nights and Montgomery having two touchdown nights when the trenches aren't working, when the offensive line isn't working and uh, credit to rag now too. But I mean, you got to give them all credit, man. They a hundred percent rag is definitely that key piece. 
But I mean, Sewell, look at him, man. He's the best rated offensive tackle in the league right now. And we we haven't had to see this team without Sewell yet this year. Without well, right. there was a couple of times, but I mean it's not like this it's not like he's having this issue with this injury that's lingering around. And what I wanted to say about the defense being affected by this too, when your offense is staying on the field, that means your defense isn't out there. And when your defense is out there the whole game, like even the game we won against the Bears, uh the first time we faced them. Our our defense was on the field for 40 minutes in that game, guys. Right. And that, that is just not a recipe for success. So the longer you can like eat that clock on offense, especially when your running game's working, I mean, your your whole team benefits. And Jack, this is a great point to kind of switch over. I mean, look at our defensive adjustment that we made. What do you tell me what you thought about that? Well, I don't know if it was Aaron Glenn feeling the heat or if it was the coaching staff feeling like they had something on Sean Payton because of just the history and the knowledge they had with him. But holy cow, man, they kind of cooked on defense. Um, another pick of Brad Holmes that no one's been talking about the whole year is Ify Melfonwu. This guy stepped into a big role replacing Jerry Jacobs. And I'm not gonna I'm not here to shit on Jerry Jacobs. I, I get that he's he's struggled with this team, but let's talk about the ups here. Melifonwu played out of his mind. That's a third round pick that no one's been talking about at all. I mean, like, that's a player that, like, you know, not the same draft, but he didn't get drafted positionally too far behind Brian Branch. I think, you know, it's just one game, obviously. We've seen him a couple of times this year, but that was a breakout welcome to the NFL game. And I just got to, like, people put in the comments, like, does anyone know why he wasn't playing before? Why it took Jerry Jacobs to have this bad of a season before he stepped up? Because, man, he Mel Fonwu looked absolutely like the superior player. I mean, I just I can't find reasons why he wasn't in. Can you, Jack? I, I can't. I think positionally, um, obviously, Jerry Jacobs was struggling, but that's not a like if you know if he played on defensive line you bet your ass he would have been out there because we needed that position so badly but i think it was one of those things where our team just felt you know obviously that wasn't our strong suit our defensive backs but i think it's a, a spot where they thought well, what we had was going to work especially if you have the same guys getting in there getting reps but yeah shout out to them for making the switch and shout out for, to melifonwu for uh pulling the trigger on the opportunity um Let's get to the other part of the defense, though. The big adjustment you have seen all year, this team not get to the quarterback. Doesn't matter if they can run. Doesn't matter if they can't run. Nobody's going down. We're not getting sacks. It, and when we do get them, they come in bunches. So, like, congrats, we get six in one week, but that's about it. Well, we shuffled the deck today. Um, those blitzes were kind of out of this world. It was the first time where Aaron Glenn was showing something pre-snap and doing something else post-snap. I mean, you even saw Melifonu with a sack. Corner blitz, yep. shot right up the gap, Pascal with a sack. It was a whole different scheme. It looked like they got a whole different set of motivation in them, man. I, it looked like a different defensive team. It did, and you know what? I, I know that a lot of film was put out there on this defense and you know you're gonna have to get pretty creative with the blitzes and especially with really good teams you're not going to beat them with the blitz but if that's what's working for this defense right now they gotta keep rolling with it because what they were doing before was not the answer like it's just kind of it's kind of like the pissed like you know not to make the terrible comp but like, yeah. like the pistons line up like you're not going to make you're not going to make an adjustment like what like we got to try something you know what i mean 
So I right. think I think just as far as talking about what we've missed so far in the podcast, that's gonna wrap that up. But like one thing, one shout out here. The rookies. I can get behind this, man. If Brad Holmes keeps this pace up, we're gonna have a team that no one's making over a hundred or I'm sorry, one point five mil and everyone's an all pro. Like I've never seen so many young people play so well for a team. Exactly, man. I mean, the Porta three touchdowns, Gibbs always scoring touchdowns now. Uh-huh. Um, and you just kind of bring up the fact Brad Holmes. I mean, even that Mel Fonwu, that's a Brad Holmes guy. Yep. So Pascal, who showed up real good, that is, that's another guy that came from the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford trade. It's just, man, he yep. has And so did Mel Fonwu. Mel Fonwu was part of that trade too. Right, right. Brad Holmes has things shaping up in Detroit, and we haven't had a guy like that ever, or not since the fifties, literally. And it's it's easy for all of us to jump on him, and I'm still in the boat. I'm heartbroken that we don't have a defensive end that we picked up at the end of the trade deadline. But if we can pay someone a tenth of the price and wait till next year, we just need that one playoff win, one playoff win this year. That's all we need, and then. Going forward, if we keep the pace up in a draft, we got a dangerous team we're talking about. Yes, sir. I mean, I think we got to get we got to get another guy next to Hutch. Mm-hmm. Hutch is a little slow. We got to have another guy next to him to free him up just a little bit. I mean, you see how he is literally a split second from making a play every single time. You put a stud defensive tackle right next to him, he should be able to make those plays. And then once again on the other side, Houston's going to come back, but hey, maybe we draft someone else too. Maybe Houston will be a good backup, or maybe we just keep Houston. Brad Holmes likes him. We we trust Brad Holmes. We can't say we don't trust him now. Maybe mm. we just get two defensive tackles. And you, you, with the tackles, yes, I hear you on the tackles, but you bring up a great point. We haven't seen Houston since week two and CJ. And we, right. we're getting them both back here, and they're going to be able – they might even play regular season games with us, which is exciting. Like The odds of CJ playing this week, I'm not going to say are very good, but they're good. I We could see it happen. Um, man, I don't know, but let's we'll just go – let's move forward. Let's talk about the playoffs. Let's talk about the potential of uh, the number one seed. Let's talk about the Eagles losing, man. That's well, – uh, that, that we have is a chance, big. though, you know? The first half of the season, it's like anyone but the Eagles. Like, I, I might even take San Fran over the Eagles, but within the last few weeks, the Eagles are almost the team that you're like, if there was ever a good team we're going to run into in the playoffs, that'd be the one, a high-seed team that you have to play to, like, make it to the NFC, or screw it. If you, if, you, if you see them in the NFC Championship, somehow they make it there, and we make it there, then you know, I think your chances go up of winning. Let me but... ask you this, Jack. Who do you think we have a better chance against? The Eagles or the 49ers? Eagles. 100%. Hands down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%. I th- I think we have a better chance against uh, the Eagles than we do the Cowboys. I-, I 100% believe that, especially if the Cowboys are playing at home. I don't know if I'd quite go that far, but I think it's close, man. And I also think that the Eagles are in a little bit of a down spot. I think they're going to get some uh, life breathed into them in the second here. And I wouldn't doubt it if they can make another run back to the Super Bowl. But hey, man, the fact that we're even talking about this and the Lions in contention of beating them, mm-hmm. that's just 
we never would have thought that at the beginning of this, man. At the beginning of the season, I would have been happy with a I'd be happy with six, seven losses right now. Yeah. And we, we've completely blown out of the water. And not to mention this the dream of having the two seed is still alive. The chances like there is a chance that your Detroit Lions have two home playoff games, which is unheard of. I mean, to, to go to the playoffs is one thing, but to have the opportunity to win two. And let me tell you how that's done. First, it started last week with Seattle beating um, Philadelphia. That was the that was the start of all of that. Now we got to win one out of two against Minnesota, and we got to beat Dallas at, in their house, which is going to be tough. But if you do, you you wedge Dallas out of that two seed because Dallas is going to take that division away from Philadelphia. So the two seed is alive, guys. And if you get a home if you get home field advantage for two games straight. I'm not going to count anything out, but what I will say is you have to have a healthy offensive line and you have to have Frank Rag now on the field. There's just, it doesn't matter if you get a second home playoff game, if you're not going to, if you're not going to win the first one and not make it there. Oh, I mean, listen to this guys. Like the NFL has the Detroit Lions ranked the fifth overall team right now. And the teams. Where, was it, it, okay. Yeah. Well, I think it was third. No, is it fifth for ESPN? No, I, maybe I believe I it's fifth. Easy. I believe it's um, okay. San Fran, Eagles, Ravens, um, Cowboys. Miami. No, oh, Miami okay. was six. But hey, man, I mean, that's Super Bowl contention right there. And a lot of you hear a lot of people say like, oh, we're good, but we're not a Super Bowl quality team. When you get into the playoffs, we could either be way worse or we could just have that grit. Like everything changes in the playoffs, everything. And we'll see what this team's made of. And I mean, you kind of saw that with Green Bay last year. That that was kind of like our little playoff game to keep Green Bay out of the playoffs, you know? We beat that we beat Rodgers last game there. This team has grit and you know, I would not be surprised if this team could pull out multiple wins in the playoffs and you know, I don't want to jinx us, but we could head to that Super Bowl. I think one of the scariest things that can happen, there's two two really scary scenarios. The first playoff game we get is we bring the Rams in and Matt Stafford and Jared Goff showdown in the first round of the playoffs. I think that's a scary situation. Yeah. Um, it's a storybook, sto- like, you know, it's right out of a book. The other one that I'm worried about, too, is I'm worried about Minnesota. If we lose one game to Minnesota and they beat their and they win their third game that they don't play against us, there's a good chance that we play Minnesota in the playoffs. And that would be three games in four weeks against Minnesota. I don't care who you are, what team you are, or the the differential between the two teams. Beating a team three times is really hard. So if you win the first two, that's well, almost scarier. What do we know about Josh Dobbs right now? Because I believe he's hurt, right? I believe they got their third string in right now. Yeah, it's uh, McMillan or whatever his name so is. Hopefully, it's not Dobbs. So hopefully that'll play a big factor in it, man, because I 100% agree with you, man. That Vikings defense is no joke. And mm-hmm. it's something and they that, get home. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that we have to be aware of as a team. But there's my trust in this organization right now from players to Dan Campbell to – 
I mean, huge parts that offensive line, but to Brad Holmes, to everybody, you have to trust him at this point. I mean, you're not going to go from what we finished last year, nine and eight. Yeah. Think about it. A nine and eight team goes and wins the Super Bowl. How often does that happen? Never. Okay. Not a ton, especially when we only had two wins the game or the year before that. Right. Nine and eight team goes on and wins one or two playoff games. Even that is a, that is extremely rare guys. And I'm not saying we should be just happy like where the lions are at right now, because yeah, obviously we want to win it all. And yes, we were both kind of sad when we didn't pick up anybody, but we got to trust this organization right now. And I think that's, I think we're watching it. And the other thing is too, we we lost to the bears. The bears have been an excellent team since week four. That's the thing. They've been very good. Their defense has been great. They're 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 I believe that they were the number one run defense. And then their offense has also been cooking. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you and we're once again, we were outside. Jared Goff outside is one of the worst QBs I think I've ever seen in my life. But I mean, a good team's gonna lose, guys. Like you saw San Fran. San Fran lost three in a row. The Eagles are not losing. Like we can't get upset over a division, especially a divisional loss. Divisional games are way different. Like teams are fighting way harder. It's just a loss. You just, you, you know everything about that team that you're up against, man. There's you guys have so much film against each other. Um, one thing I wanted to add though, Jay, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna eat my words and I'll man up to it. You guys, everyone watching this knows I was the number one person leading the JMO off this team train. He has shut me down. I will come out right now and say it. I don't care. I love this guy now. He has become a key part of this offense. As long as he can keep bringing those balls in, he looks great out there, man. And Jared Goff's finally starting to find him. And you can tell that this team went from, all right, we'll give you a, you know, you got J-Mo. We drafted him earlier. We don't want to hear the media, you know, shit on us for not using him to, they're, they're using him because they need him and they know he can handle it now. And, He's becoming one of those guys in the locker room too. Every interview that they have with the players, he's in it. He he loves being a part of this team. I'm I'm excited now. I'll 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 be the first to admit it. I was wrong. And you know, a lot of people that were saying he was going to be all this and everything were what we call like the Twitter nerds, right? They saw his college highlights, they saw his speed, whatever. But man, that kid has grit. He is an excellent team player. He blocks extremely well. And like you said, Jack, it all comes down to the fact that it's not, we're just, we're not just throwing him the ball because fans are mad and upset. We need him. We need his athleticism. Mm -hmm. We need him in order to win these games and to go deep in the playoffs. And you're seeing that. We traded up for him for a reason. Right. And you're seeing that now. And, Dude, that little shimmy juke that he had with the two guys, he was going out, came right back up, cut it up the sideline somehow. I know. The defender already counted that as out, too. Like That was so sick. It's it's fun to see him come alive and to, to find his own. Dude, I mean, there's one thing, like St. Brown. St. Brown's a pit bull, man. But J-Mo, you can't teach that speed. You, you can't. No, absolutely not. All right, guys, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap up this Lions edition of the Great Lakes Sports Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube slash watching on YouTube, 
please leave us a uh, subscribe. It helps the channel a ton. Um, we've been seeing a lot more activity in the channel, so appreciate you guys for that. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. Um, really appreciate it, guys. And until next time, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Yep, peace out, guys.